0: So let's get right into the word. How's that? All right, let's go to the book of Acts chapter 12, um, starting on verse 1. So my church is in Spanish, all right? So for the first time about few ye- two years, I, I bring out my bilingual Bible. But within the Spanish community, we have a tendency, right, to uh, preach. Instead of preaching the word, we like to Teach out of our own experiences, and we like to make these experiences doctrines. And this is where the problem lies. And um, and as a pastor, um, I have a zeal for the Word of God, so I love to teach uh, what the Bible says, bring out practical teachings and concepts, or or um, or principles that I like to call, and just teach it to people so they can apply it in their everyday lives. And this is what we want to do today. So, Acts chapter 12, verse one. This is what it says. It's about this time that King Herod arrested some of who belonged to the church, including to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. Wow. This king was, was something I tell you. When he saw that this met with the approval of the Jews, I really want you to highlight that because we're going to be extracting some of the things that I'm going to be teaching today. So I want you to highlight when it says, when he saw King Herod saw that this met the approval with the approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. Okay, verse 4. After arresting him, he put him in a prison, handing him over to, the guard, uh, to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. Verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was praying to God for him. What was the church doing while he was in prison? Praying. I want you to underline that as well. Verse 6, the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. I want you to underline the word sleep, okay? He was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, in a light shone in a cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up, and he said, quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then you know the rest of the story. The Bible says that the angel let Peter out of the prison, and Peter found himself free. free. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give, you, I give you thanks this morning. God, I ask you that uh, you prepare our hearts to receive your word. Give us the spirit of understanding Uh, spirit of wisdom to understand your word and let this word uh, take root in our hearts and we thank you holy spirit it's not you I mean it's not me God it's it's you through me and I pray that your word can just be planted in their hearts because my only mission here God is just to add to whatever they're building to build some people today and I thank you in Jesus mighty name amen and amen so this is a very interesting story I'm the kind of guy that likes to go one, two, three, four. Uh, I like to go to the point. And today I just want to share with you four keys to victory. Can I, can I go down? All right. I just don't want to fall, but sorry. You're not going to hold my hand, right? There you go. So today I want to share with you four keys to walk in victory. You can say amen. You need to, I, I would love it if you helped me preach today. You can say amen. You can say preach a pastor, whatever you want to do. But you know, I, 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 want to, I want you guys to engage with me in this teaching. I'm not emotional. It's not what I'm talking about. But the thing is that I really want you guys to really get what I want to teach today. So say with me four keys to victory. When I think of victory, I think of process and I think of battles. And in my life, I have understood that if I try to manipulate process, I will never see permanent changes in my life. And sometimes when we find ourselves in certain situations where we have no control, we go crazy. But I've also understood that the distance that exists between where I am And where God wants to take me is the ability to endure pain. Pain is necessary for growth. If you really want to grow in God, pain is part of the process. Adversity is part of the process. I am not here to tell you that being a Christian is awesome. No. It takes guts to be a Christian. The disciples sent to Christ, We want our faith to grow. But I'm sure that most of them didn't know what they were asking. As a matter of fact, some of us, as Christians, we ask God, God, I want you to increase my faith. And I'm sure that God could ask the question, are you sure? Are you ready to receive the answer I want to give you? Because if you really want your faith to grow, you need to go through the process. And when you try to skip the process you will be a flawed christian can i hear an amen? amen there you go thank you guys so i understand the process is necessary and i need to have some keys i need to have something to battle whatever i face in my christian walk so here's peter right here's peter preaching the gospel Here's Peter uh, doing everything that he's got to do for Christ. But yet the Bible says that he found himself bound up, chained up in a prison. And the Bible says that this king was or he was trying or he had the intentions to bring him the next day and put him in trial. Come on, really? I'm sure that Peter knew that his colleague was just put, put to death, James. Now, this is the thing. I love to read the Bible and pay attention to details because when you pay attention to details in the simplest things in the word of God, you will find the greatest things or nuggets of wisdom for your life. So pay attention to small things. And today when I read the scripture, like I said, I'm going to extract four things. And you're like, four things? Pastor, we just read a story. Peter's in a prison. He's bound up. What kinds of things are you going to bring out that can help me to have victory? Great question. Again, say with me, details. So the one thing that you need to pay attention is this. That Peter was what? Was in a prison, correct? And not just that he was in a prison. The Bible says that he was what? Sleeping. Now. As he was in chains but let's not get ahead of ourselves. I'm going there. All right. Flow with me here. So the Bible says that he was sleeping. Now, what kind of person can be at peace when you are in a prison and most likely be put to death the next day? Here's the first key. Write this down. First key, always fight your battles with the knowledge of the will of God in your life and you will have victory. First key, fight your battles with the knowledge of the will of God in your life and you will have victory. Now this is the question. Why was Peter sleeping? He knew the will of God in his life. He knew that this or for this particular time, he knew that it was not his time. I'm sorry for being redundant. But he knew, God, I know I'm in a prison right now. But I know it's not my time. Why do you say that? Okay, very easy. Let's go to the book of John. Verse, chapter 21, verse 18. John 21 verse 18. Are you there? Okay. Here we go. This is Jesus. Remember when Jesus asked them three questions, Peter, do you love me? You know that scripture, right? Okay. So we're going to jump right to verse 18. And this is what it says. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and wear, and went where you wanted. But when you are old, You will stretch out your hand, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And here's the key I want you to read verse 19. This is the key Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Now, watch this. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, you are going to die. But you're going to die as an old man. Now, history tells us that Peter died 70 years after Christ was crucified. Now, this is the thing. Why was Peter at peace? Because he knew it was not his time. You need to know the will of God in your life. And let me tell you, once you have a word, once you have a promise of God in your life, you have it all. That is all you need. Forget about, the, forget about the circumstances around you. Forget about if the devil wants to tell you whatever he wants to tell you. But as long as you have a word from God, as long as you have a promise from, from God, that is the only thing that you need. What does Romans 12 do? Tells us that the will of God is what? Perfect. That the will of God is what? Good. And that is the only thing you need to walk in victory. The enemy wants to destroy you. The enemy wants to discourage you. The enemy wants to bring you down. But as long as you have this word of God, as long as you have this book, say it with me. As long as I have the book, you have it all. That's all you need. So when you face adversity, when you face situations in your life, Like the bishop said one time, I love it. When the devil wants to come and remind you of your past, you remind him your future. (laughs) You gotta do it. You have to let the devil know what God has spoken over your life. Let me tell you, every day I battle. Every day when I get up in the morning, it is a battle. But the only way I can endure that battle is not in my human strength. That's what the Bible says. It's not by what? It's not by might. It is not by sword, but it is by what? By the spirit. You know why there are so many weak Christians? Because they like to fight things in the the flesh and not in the spirit. We have too many carnal Christians in the church. We like to cry to people, but we never like to cry out to God. We like to complain to the pastor. We like to complain to the leaders, but we never go to the source. God, God is your strength. But you need to know the will of God in your life. The word, the promises that you have. Again, one, fight your battles with the knowledge of the will of God in your life, and you will have victory. Now, going back to the book of Acts chapter 12. Now, the Bible says that Peter, besides uh, being, he was asleep, whatever, the second thing, the second detail that we see is that he was what? Chained up. He was in chains. He was bound, guarded by guards. In this little, in in this little scenario, I've learn the second principle or the second key. And you're like, really? I mean, what are you going to tell me now? Write this down. And this is very cool. And if you understand this that I'm going to teach you, trust me, you're going to have victory. Write this down. Break every emotional ties with people who hold you bound. Bound. Break emotional ties with people that keep you in chains. There are some people that you don't need in your life. And if you want to move of God in your life, you first need to move some people out. I know some of you didn't like to hear that, but it's cool. (laughs) There's some people you just have to break. There are some people who are meant to walk with you. For a season. Only for a season. But in our human emotion, we have a tendency to become attached with certain people. And you can't. Ask Abraham. What did the Lord say to Abraham? Abraham, my brother, I got a promise for you, man. But I have a condition. I want you to leave your family. And I want you to leave where you are right now. And I want you to go there because there I'm going to bless you. Lord, do you want me to leave my family? Yes. This is the problem. Abraham obeyed God partially. If you're going to obey God, you obey him 100%. What happened to, oh, little old Abraham? Well, he had a nephew. All of you know the story. His name is or was Lot. Yeah. What happened to good old Abraham? Oh, God, my brother just died. You sure don't want me to leave my nephew alone. Poor kiddo. He needs me. And God is telling him, No. I want to bless you, but I need you to leave everyone behind. Little Abraham, good old Abraham, didn't pay attention took Lot with him, and what happened? You know the rest of the story? They could not live in the same place. This is the beauty about knowing the will of God in your life. Abraham said to Lot, or Abram at that moment, he said, Lot, surely you and I cannot live in the same place. Your workers are having issues with my people. I mean, we're about to bring it up in here and, you know, we're going to have, you know, it's not going to work out. And he said to Lot, I want you to look, he said, and I want you to contemplate the land ahead of you, all right? And if you go to the right, I will go to the left. If you go to the left, I will go to the right. Why did Abraham say that? You know why? Because it didn't matter where Abraham went. He knew that the blessing was on him. See, I don't care where you go, Lot. I don't care if you decide or if you take the best part of the land. The blessing is coming with me. I am a blessed man. And when you know that you're blessed, this is when you know the will of God in your life. When you know that you are blessed, it doesn't matter where you are. Everybody else could be broke, but you're going to be. Bless. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So, but Abraham had to what? Break every emotional ties with his nephew. You have to do the same thing. You need to be willing. Say, you need to be willing. Listen to this, write this down. If you're not willing to lose people as you try to bring change in areas of your life, such as your marriage ministry, possibly, personal area, you will never produce results and growth. I'll read that again. If you're not willing to lose people as you try to bring change in any area of your life, you will never produce results and growth. You have to be willing to let go of people. You have to. See, when I became a pastor... Um, I had to break emotional ties with people that did not believe that God had called me. And there are plenty of those in the church. Oh, yeah. can, Can I be frank? All right. You know, most of my, of most of the battles I've had as a Christian have been with folks from church. Man, we're a special kind Man, we are a special kind, but there's no other place like church. Can I hear an amen? amen? I mean, we are a special kind of people. But the battles I've had to face have been from people from church. Didn't Jesus say that? Hey, listen, if you follow me, the ones who will stand against you will be those from your own family. So you have to be willing. If you know that God has called you to do great things, can I hear an amen, Durell Church? Durell Vineyard, I believe that God has a mission for you. And I may say this prophetically, I believe that you guys are going through a shift, a moment that God sometimes might remove some people. And you might question, but why? But wait, I don't need to understand everything that God is doing. I just need to trust him. So trust God in the process. Trust God in the process. I believe that God has great things for this church. Amen. Come on. How many of you believe that with me? But God needs you. Say with me, God needs me. God needs me. But you have to be willing. Break any emotional ties. There's some people you don't need around. No, I've learned that I always stick around people that speak the same language I speak. I tell my staff, I don't want to hear I can't. I tell my staff, I don't want to hear we can't do it. I don't want to hear we won't be able. No, that cannot be. That kind of language is not acceptable in my church. Why? Because I know who I trust. I have seen the hand of God in my life. I have seen God at work. I have seen his power in my life. I have seen how he has supplied my every need. Hey, can I tell you something? God did something awesome for us. And I'm not here to brag about me. I'm here to brag about my father. Can I hear an amen? Because every good deed and every good work comes from my father that that is above. God gave us a building, beautiful building in South Miami, paid for. Last time it was appraised, it was between 8 to $10 million. Beautiful building. Yes, I said that when, when he, God gave it to us, I was like, wow. Then I'm like, wow, how i am going to sustain this? But God has met every need. Every need. Every week we are believing that God is going to supply. And there's nothing but when you trust him. And you stick around the right people. Because God has a blessing for you. Has a specific place where he's going to bring his blessing. But along with that, you need to connect with the right people. There are people who are key in your life that will lead you to your blessing. So this is why I need to break away from those people who won't speak the same language I do. Three. Three. Let me know when it's time to go. Three. The Bible says that while Peter was in prison, and this is the third key for Victor, I know this is not a big thing, but for me it is. While Peter was in prison, the rest of the church was doing what? Praying. Praying. Third key, pray. 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 This is the one thing that sometimes we preach about, I guess. But this is the least thing that we Christians do. Pray. We know the scriptures. James 4, verse 7 or 8. The Bible says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. But this is the thing, all right? Your level of intimacy with God is determined by you, not God. Your level of intimacy with God is determined by you, not God. We are the ones who initiate the relationship with Him. God extends an invitation, but we are the ones who initiate. You need to pray. Your prayer life will determine so many things. I've learned in my life that if I don't pray, I have nothing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says the following, pray without ceasing." Another translation says, pray continually. What does that mean? It means I get up in the morning every single day and I'm speaking in tongues. I Praying in the spirit, falling out in the spirit. That's not what, it, that's not what the Bible is talking about. It's about a constant awareness of God's presence in your life. Every day, every day, you need to allow God to be part of your thoughts. When you wake up in the morning, that's the first thing you have to think about. Thank you, God, because your word says that your mercies are new each day. So thank you, Lord, for this amazing day. I teach my children that the most important thing for them is prayer. Let me tell you, my kids have heard the voice of God. As a parent for me to say, dad, God spoke to me in a dream. It is amazing. Why? Because it is it is the only thing I can leave my kids, prayer. You guys need to pray. As a believer, and I'm going to say something probably that is not mostly accepted when I go, and but um, I think that it is a sin not to pray. How many of you here are teach? Teach? I don't know if you have connect groups or small groups. Raise your hand. All right, I'm going to say this. Can I say it again? I think it's embarrassed as a leader or pastor, and I include myself, that the only time when I open up my Bible is when I need to prepare a message. You need to have communion with God every day. You need to spend time in his word. Yeah, wait wait a minute, you know, we pretend to fight off the enemy, but we have no knowledge. The Bible says that my people perish because of lack of what? lack of knowledge knowledge is necessary how can you face your enemy all right if you have no idea how he operates you cannot fight the devil some people say pastor you can't say devil in the church <laughs> Well, that is his name the bible talks about the devil right the devil lucifer whatever you want to call him he's a devil but you're trying to fight off the devil with carnal weapons you can't. The enemy wants to destroy your marriage. How can you fight off the things that you're struggling? Can I hear an amen? amen? Men who are here. Come on. Don't tell me you're holy, holy. Whenever you get out of your house every single day, you have to ask God to keep you. I ask God, God, let me have eyes only for my wife. Yeah, come on. We live in a society now that everything has to do with what? With the lust of the what? The eyes. I don't understand the connection between tires and a woman half naked. Can you explain that? Can you explain that? Car. uh, Commercials. Boxing matches. (laughs) I don't understand why. Because everything is, what's the word? Strategically planned to destroy the head of the household. Men. Because the enemy knows. He says, if I can target the head, I kill the household. So that's why all of you, man, everything is targeted for you. If you have a girlfriend, a friend who is a girl, who's not a friend of your wife, she's the devil. All <laughs> the ladies are clapping now. Can I hear amen? If you say, well, honey, she's just a friend, you gotta say, well, she ain't my friend, so she's the devil. <laughs> I don't have girlfriends. I don't. I don't mess around with things that I shouldn't mess around. Social media, woo, it's killing marriages. Killing marriages. You going through your feed. Someone, an old sweetheart from high school, reaches out. Oh my God, you look so cute. And you're like, really? I'm serious. Prayer will help you starve those things that you need to kill. Wasn't Jesus the one who said, "Hey, listen." Can you keep up with me for an hour? Remember when he was praying in the garden? Can you keep up with me for an hour? For don't you know that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. How can you kill the flesh? You need to starve it. Starve it. Starve the desires. If you had issues before Christ, and you still have issues in Christ... From your old life, prayer is going to help you. Hey, it's true. We have Christians in our church who deal with pornography, who are battling with pornography. That doesn't mean you're not a son of God. Yes, you are. But you need to break off those chains. And the only thing that will set you free, what, is Prayer. You know what? Sometimes we, like men, we like to keep things hidden. But, you know, eventually, if you keep on playing with fire, and if you keep everything hidden, eventually God is going to say, listen, for your own good, I need to bring everything to the light. Wasn't David the one who said, it was good for me. I'm translating because I've read my Bible in Spanish, okay? So bear with me. It It was good for me. To have been humiliated to so I can learn your precepts. Sometimes God will humble you because that is the only way you're going to learn. So I don't know why I'm speaking, but men of this church, you need to make a commitment with your eyes just like Job did. I make a commitment with my eyes that I will not look at any virgin. That's what Job said. Make a commitment with your eyes to God and say, God, keep my eyes pure. And I just want to have eyes for this beautiful lady who's been with me for the past 20, 25, 35, or 10 years. I ask God every single day. Pastor, really? Yes. I'm a man. You think God won't tempt me? Of course. Who says that, pastors, we are immune to things like that? No. Oh, you have no idea how many pastors that you know of, famous pastors, have fallen because they kept things hidden. Yeah. Yeah. Prayer, say it with me, prayer. Yeah. And the last thing. Yeah. the last thing. You guys learning something today? Yeah, yeah. Pray, Prayer is what's going to strengthen you, is going to strengthen your marriage. You need that. I can't do anything unless my wife is with me. I wake up in the morning and I and asked her the other day, I said, honey, you're not born to wake up or to share the same bed for the past 18 years, 19 years? She's like, no, baby, of course you're going to say that, But <laughs> No, she said it. She meant it. <laughs> but what I mean is just the thought when you wake up in the morning, you see that lady who... Has been with you through everything. The other day we went out walking, and uh, I remember I grabbed my wife's hand and we were just walking around the park, holding hands, losing weight together. (laughs) What I mean is that we're trying everything in our power to stay close, but that takes prayer. It takes prayer. Why? Because I know the enemy, the one thing that he wants is to destroy my marriage and destroy my children. But prayer is what keeps me standing. When you face situations in your life, if you're a businessman, pray. You need God's guidance. And the only way you're going to receive it is not just, okay, I think we have been thinking too much and we need to do more. Think less, pray more think less, pray more. seek God. God will speak to you. I don't know about you, but I know that God speaks. I've been to churches, oh no, God doesn't speak. everything he said wrote it on this on, in this word. Of course, I know that. but I've heard the voice of God. and once you hear the voice of God, everything changes. But pray, say with me prayer. and the last thing, the last thing, the Bible says that, um, that the king, he said that his action by killing James was accepted by the Jews. Right? Remember, he's, remember, remember we read that? This is the four key that I've learned so I can walk in victory be free from the standards of men. Be free. Be free. Galatians 1.10 And the lady If you can just I'm sorry I don't What's her name? Pastor Dina Nina. Nina If you can accompany me there please Galatians 1.10 I want you to read that Galatians 1.10 Look what it says It says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Be free from the standards of men. I've learned not to pay attention to what people think of me. And being a minister within the Spanish community was very difficult. Um, very legalistic churches where I went. I remember one time I went to, I, I was invited to speak somewhere, and, and they said, well, unless you shave your beard off, I mean, I don't think they're going to let you speak. I said, all right, they're lost, but I'm not shaving up my beard. I mean, I can't grow hair, so <laughs> I got to have some facial hair on my, very difficult being judged sometimes if, if you preach well or not or if you're not eloquent enough I don't care if I'm not eloquent as long as I know I have the word of God in me that's all I need but learn to be free we live in a society now that we are mindful about what people say or think about us we do did you know that There's a great percentage of people who become depressed because of social media. Social media is a facade. You know, everyone wants to paint a picture that they're great, blessed, and beyond. And people actually get depressed. I'm going to be even more honest. I closed down my Facebook. Oh, yes, I did. You know why? I was feeling bad. Why? Looking at other ministries and I'm like, oh my God, look what they've done. And here's the enemy. What have you done? And then I, I would get a little depressed. Because I would say, am I not doing enough? What am I missing? God, didn't you call me? So I said, forget it. I'm just going to close that thing down. I don't care what other people are doing. You know what, I'm just going to put my eyes on you, Jesus, because you are the author of my faith. And I'm going to be free. I don't care what people think of me. I've learned that. Be free from the standards of man. Forget about what they think of you. You know, if people don't like you for who you are, it's their loss. It's their loss. But be content with who you are. Be content with what you have and forget about everything else. The Bible says that if you are faithful in little, then God will entrust you with what? With more. But you need to be faithful in whatever God has given you. D'Arral Vineyard, God has entrusted you with something. I was amazed that you guys support other ministries, you know? And, and do things for the community. It's great. You don't need to compare yourself to other churches. Whether other churches are doing this and you're not, and you probably are not doing it, forget about it. You know, God gave you something specific, He placed you here in Doral for something great. Learn your assignment, learn and be faithful, but you have to be free. You have to. Once you apply these four things in your life, man, you guys are going to walk in great victory. Great victory. Do you guys receive something today? Before I close, um, I'd like to extend an invitation. I don't know where you... Are standing spiritually. I don't know what kind of knowledge you have of God, much less who my Jesus could be. But I can tell you one thing for sure that the Bible says that the only mediator between God and men is Jesus Christ. And the only door to heaven is through Jesus Christ. That kind of mentality that all religions lead you to heaven, it is a lie. No, the only one that leads you to heaven, to have an eternity with God is through Jesus Christ. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 10, verse 8 to 10, that if you speak with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ came, died and rose on the third day, you are saved. Saved from what? From an eternity away from God. So I don't know where you're standing right now. Or maybe all of you are believers. I don't know. But I don't want to leave this place without giving this opportunity for those who maybe want to get your life right before God. And you might say, well, I don't think I'm ready. Well, I don't know if I'm ready to make that commitment. It's not about whether you are ready or not. It's about knowing That this is a life or death situation. You don't know when your last day is going to be. You don't have to say or think that you're not ready now. Maybe next week you're ready. No, maybe next week it could be too late. But Jesus is here. And he's extending that invitation so that you don't leave this place without him. The only thing he wants to give you is eternal life. He gave, he bled for you and for me. He emptied himself and died on that cross when there was no need for him to die, but yet he did it because he loved you. Come on, such love you cannot deny.